Be'ezes Hashem Yizbarech. We will continue what we are learning. The Holy Letters of the Balatanya, letter number 12. And the Shir is Nuschus Refua Shalema. Behinda Bastabarachal. We are learning the letter which is that the act of charity, the activity of it, doing charity, brings peace in the world. And the inner obsession with compassion brings a never-ending, everlasting tranquility forever. We are going into this to understand the revolution of this idea and how to make it practical in my life. To understand that the enormity of what the Balatanya says over here is not something that's remote, not something that's far away. It's something that any person and every person can touch, every person can grasp it, can hold on to it. And when you hold on to this, an unimaginable revelation happens in your life. This is why we are spending such an enormous amount of time learning this letter. Because this letter is the soul. It is the soul of chapter 36 and chapter 37 in Tanya. Which chapter 37 and chapter 36 deal with the purpose of the world. The Lubavitcher Rebbe, when he spoke about this letter in 1967 on Yutas and he spoke about the secret revolution that his father wrote about when his father was in exile. And his father explained the mystical element of this letter. In the Lubavitcher Rebbe, during a very elated time, during a very elated time in Yutas Kislev, when he delivered a mimer, when he delivered a discourse, while he would hold on to the tablecloth to keep him down in this world, and he would share enormous secrets, because as we explained, he said, Yutas Kislev is the day when the Holy Balatanya was given permission from heaven to shear the Eitzachayim, to shear the beginning of the Torah Chadasha, the Torah that will be revealed by Mashiach in the Messianic era, where he was given the, the, the permission to usher in the Messianic era. Because whoever studies these secrets and whoever shares with them with other people, in addition to the miraculous nature 
of these ideas, in addition to the transformational element of these ideas. When the Balshemtev asked Mashiach, when he made transmigration of the soul, when he went up to heaven, when he spoke to Mashiach and he asked him, when will you finally come? When will we usher in the Messianic era? Is it possible to bring Shabbos in early? And Mashiach told him, when you will take these secrets and share them with the whole world, that even a simple person, even me and you can understand what the great giants didn't even understand, and to be able to use it and transform our own life with it and generate energy that is almost impossible to generate because we're simple people, because we are people that are 2,000 years in Gullus, a tremendous Akshabadarabitmiya, tremendous darkness. But to be able to use, learn, and exploit this energy so we could transform our whole lives, transform and refine our character. Told the Balshemtiv, when these wellsprings will be spread out even to the furthest places, which the furthest places means the most mundane parts of my life and the most mundane people, and the way they will study this in both languages that are secular, and they will refine the secular moments in their life, and they will refine the barren places and times and spaces and beings, then the messianic era will be ushered in. And therefore, Yutas Kislev is a day that gives new light into everything Jewish, gives new light into Hanukkah, gives new light into Shabbos, gives new light into Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim. Every single area of Jewish identity has a transformational new inner soul. And when we understand that in Yutas Kislev, we think about the purpose of our life, not the purpose of our year. And that the Balatanya explains the purpose of your life. He addresses that in chapter 36 and 37. The Lubavitcher Rebbe in Yutas Kislev in 1967, and go deep into chapter 36 and 37 and understand the secret what my father what my father what the Lubavitcher's father shared with the world where he wrote he was in exile and he had to write with ink that was made out of berries that his wife went to pick and he was suffering unimaginably. And all the time he was writing down most profound secrets that he saw in heaven. And the Rebbe said that somebody who's going to be misboining it, somebody's going to meditate on this. Somebody who's going to make it his life's obsession 
Then he will see the revolutionary secrets that are contained in the whole Tanya. That is the reason we are spending all this time on this. To be able to see how this letter radically revolutionizes. Not only the whole Torah, but your whole life. To understand the difference between the obsession with compassion and the activity of compassion. Obsession with compassion means that when you push yourself, when you radically transform your life's mission, when you muster up enough energy to change your trajectory in life, And to enter in to the obsession with compassion. Then you fundamentally change your life. And why is that? The reason that you fundamentally change your life is because a person thinks That life is supposed to be peace with all my organs, peace with all my systems. I have 12 physical systems or 10 systems that are running in my body. And a healthy being will be that all the systems will work together. There are so many intricate systems. There's my liver and my kidneys and my heart. You know, there's the 12 astrological combinations that each one rule a different part of the body. Then there is the spiritual elements, which is my intelligence and my emotions. Then there is the container, the world of those, of my emotions and the world of my intelligence. The world of your emotions is the world of your heart. Your heart is like the world. Your speech, your communication with the world, communicate, we communicate our emotions, albeit a tiny bit, but the world of communication is the world of our emotions. So we have our emotions, what we love, what we hate, what we love, what we feel. And then there's the unity of both of them, to love and feel at the same time, which is compassion. And then there is the world that contains that. The world that contains that is my heart and my expression, my speech all the time. I speak throughout the whole day and I have a choice to speak with compassion To speak and uplift 
to bring in these godly energies to transform a whole world of speech. To do it in a godly way. Meaning to say, to judge everyone favorably around me, to look positive around me. And to use my negative, my feeling of emptiness, not to find someone else's emptiness, but to see my own emptiness and to pray, to pray to God that I shouldn't judge anyone. And to pray to God to fill my emptiness and to pray to God that I shouldn't succumb to temptation. And then to engage in compassion, to speak with compassion, to speak with sensitivity, to feel people around me. What do they want to hear at this moment? To be in a tremendous space of sensitivity to people all around you. This is the world of my emotions. There's my emotions that the way they are in their wholesomeness. And then there's my emotions, the way they're expressed, the world of my emotions. And we've just described the godly form of emotions where I am the partner with the creator of the world, where I am in touch with my, the purity of my emotions, the purpose of them. Both the chesed, the gvura, and the tferes, the rachamim, the compassion, where my kindness, where my feeling, my suffering ability is to make me more sensitive, to give kindly. And then to unite them both, to be in a space of compassion, where I unite myself with everybody, where I'm trying to fill the void. And then there could be a sad, tremendous sense of self, or selfishness, where I'm only looking to lust after things that are good for me, that could grow my ego. And when I'm judgmental all the time of people around me, not realizing they're just mirror, mirroring my ego. And then compassion, where I'm a tremendous sense of laziness, tremendous understanding of myself, where I reject everyone around me, but I understand myself. Tremendous compassion on myself, which is tremendous ego, by using out the animal sense of compassion, the ego which is to give tremendous suffering for my own self, to have tremendous self-pity, become a tremendous victim, to suffer with myself. Like the eagle is the compassion of the animal kingdom, it will protect its own children. It will even put itself in harm's way to come tremendous sense of laziness, tremendous sense of victimhood. Which is the most egotistical form of compassion, to be compassionate on yourself and to reject everyone else around you. And man has an ability to be in the state of selfishness or to be in a state of Adam al And we think that the purpose of life is To do battle between these two, my ego, the way it wants to hijack, as he explains in the first part of Tanya Sefer Shalbanani, my ego wants to be the king of this body, wants to be the king of this world. The world of emotions, the world of emotional expression. My ego wants to conquer everyone around me, wants to make my ego greater, 
be a tremendous victim for the world around me and to satisfy every single lust and to use everyone around me. And my godlike ability, my inner core of who I am, wants to use all my attributes, all my midois, all my emotions, my whole entire heart to give unconditionally. And that's what the Holy Balatanya explains over here, that if you're engaged in tzedakah, if you're engaged in compassion, you are already making peace between your ego and your soul. Because in that space, your ego has gone to sleep. You have tapping into the godlike nature. You're using your chesed to give, and you're using your gvura to feel, and you're using compassion to suffer with another person and to put themselves above you. And even if you're only doing this superficially, at that moment you're activating those organs, you're activating those parts of you, and you're getting in touch with the creative force, even though you're asleep, but your ego is asleep as well. Because in that space you have brought peace into the world, peace between the poor man and God, peace between you and the poor man, peace between all your organs, or be it a peace That is just superficial. But over here the Balatanya says there is something much more profound than that peace, although that peace is already the purpose of the world. Although by that peace was the beginning of the Messianic era in the sense that Shloim HaMelech, for the Jewish people, they experienced such a peace. But then you can have in your life something far beyond Shloim HaMelech. You can have the Messianic era with the revelation of the Messianic era is far beyond Shloim HaMelech's times. And to choose to be a kind person, my satsadaka, is to choose the time of Shloim HaMelech. But to choose, avoid the satsadaka, to choose the obsession with compassion. That unleashes an inner dimension, a miraculous energy. And you don't know when it will come to you because at some point you will have pushed the limit where you will usher in a genius, you will usher in a core of your soul that's so profound that in that space there's silent tranquility. It's like you see musical geniuses, it's like you see certain people that have certain talents that are beyond the world, they are not natural. Sometimes you say to yourself, how can I get such a talent? And you look at the person, you think they're born with that talent. How can I have such a talent? And over here, the Balatanya says, that is the gift of obsession with compassion. That when you obsess enough, there will be a time or one time or two times or five times in your life when you will tip the scale, when you will unleash, when you will engage in such a Mesidus Nefesh, when you will make such a revolutionary change in someone's life. And measure for measure, in that space, you will, God will unleash the core of your soul, a certain genius that either will give you mental clarity or it will change your life physically in the sense that it will usher you in riches that you cannot imagine or it will change your destiny from tremendous aggravation to tremendous tranquility. 
And that will pay itself off. It could be generations for generations, like the story of Mayor Ancho Rothschild. The whole Rothschild family, till today, they feel the wealth. Because one moment in time, that when he was a shamus, and the rabbi was looking, somebody stole the chest that was going to support all the orphans and the widows. And he drove all the way to Meiranchel, the Shabbos, who got married. And he was certain that he borrowed it or took it temporarily. And when he asked Meiranchel Rothschild, did you perhaps take it? Because I have no money for the poor people, for the orphans. He was talking about a tremendous amount of sum. And his face grew pale and tears welled up in his eyes. But little did the rabbi know that was, this wasn't tears of guilt. These weren't tears of shame. They were tears of a tremendous passion. A suffering, a feeling of suffering of all those widows and orphans. And he realized instantly that they would not have food for the holidays. So he apologized profusely. Even though, of course, he never stole that money. And he said, I'm so sorry. Let me see what I have left. And he took all the money that he had from his wedding, which... And all the money that he had from working all those years, it was 50% of the money that was stolen. And the rabbi thought for sure that Meir Ancho stole it. And just like it says in Tilim about Dovra Melech, that they accused him and he would return what he never stole. Meir Ancho Rothschild gave this amount of money and he's paid up the rest over many months. And only then many Many, many days went by when the chief of police came to the rabbi and told him, we have found a thief who was in your house who worked there and showed him the chest of this money that Ms. Rabbi would be equivalent today to a few hundred thousand dollars. And the rabbi was spellbound. Now he started to turn colors and he couldn't understand what happened over here. Mayor Ancho Rothschild in that moment in time when he was accused falsely, not intentionally, but he was accused falsely, and he had a tremendous sense of anguish, of suffering, the suffering of the widow and the orphan. And he took responsibility, and, he, and it seemed like he was pleading guilty, but he was taking responsibility with a tremendous sense of compassion, with a real Messiah's nefesh. With at that moment in heaven, it was destined for the rest of generations till the messianic times. The Rothschild family was given wealth because it's to usher in a miraculous nature to be obsessed with compassion doesn't only mean the obsession. It means when you'll obsess enough, there will be times in your life, maybe one time, maybe every day, that you will unleash a miraculous energy that will even shock you but it will change your destiny either it will give you clarity like he says over here in the whole purpose of the world like the Balatanya himself said that the compassion that he had on the Jewish people and Tzvass is what allowed him to have Yutus Kislev which Yutus Kislev itself to usher in the messianic era is a product of compassion of obsessive compassion because the Holy Balatanya could have taught the secrets, but he spent his whole entire day obsessing on compassion. And he said this himself allowed him the gift of being able to change the world forever. And we have tremendous amount of stories like this. Where people have done a Mercedes Nefesh. They've looked at a poor man 
And I had a tremendous sense of suffering with him. And to see his plight and to put yourself into his shoes obsessively, which is obsessively means in one moment in time. It means compulsively. It means with every fiber of your being to feel his pain until you're going to decide to make a change and to raise the $50,000 for the person. You don't have it. You might not have it. But if it was you, how would you want somebody to deal with it? And to see an untold amount of suffering and to decide to eradicate it obsessively, which means not to fix it with $100, which means to one time in your life, put your whole life on sight. This obsession that he's talking about doesn't mean only the hundred times to give over and over and over again. This obsession could be quality. This obsession is qualitative. Of course, it happens. It could happen every day. But when you touch something that's never ending and everlasting, what does that look like? That means to be so moved to the core that you're going to make a miraculous change for the poor man, which will usher in a miraculous energy for you that's never ending and everlasting which ultimately means what this moment contains, what type of redemption, what type of revolution, what type of miracle is in this moment. That depends on how sensitive you are to the other person. The, oh, the unbelievable, miraculous energy when you meet the poor man today and you listen to the story, the recognition that your, his destiny lies within your hands. If you suffer enough with him, if he's suffering enough, and it calls out a tremendous instantaneous change for one moment in time that this man's problem became my problem. And that is a moment that you've changed the world, not only his world, but your own world. That's the obsession energy he's talking about over here. And in that space, you unleash a genius. You unleash the core of your soul deep into your organs. Where the change will happen, no one knows. It could be an intelligence could be an emotion. It could be in prosperity. It could be for one moment in time that your whole life, all the peace of all your suffering will make sense. It could be for one moment in time that you will change your own destiny, that you may be destined to suffer with some type of disease which you will prevent or prevent the suffering for your children or maybe a tremendous prosperity where your whole future will change and you will become wealthy and prosperous. You never know, but to unleash that energy is up to you. You need to make him see the snappish one moment in your life. Of course, how beautiful it is if you can be in this sensitive space your whole life. But an obsessive nature, an obsession with compassion doesn't only mean the future. It means this moment now. How deeply sensitive, how deeply transformative, how never-ending and everlasting will I make this moment? That's entirely up to me. And to do it one time in your life is to usher in the messianic era, not only for the poor man, but for yourself as well. And to try this one time is the most magical thing in the world.